Hey mamas, I want to share with you a really beautiful and touching podcast that I recently discovered. It is called Thank You Mama. It's hosted by Anna Titer, and she interviews moms all over the world from different countries and different backgrounds, and they talk about the lessons that they've learned from their mamas. I thought it was such a cool thing to tie in to our podcast and, you know, think about you as a mom and going back to your mom and then their mom and all of the lessons that we learn from these beautiful women. The stories are really touching and we can also learn so many lessons from them. I'll put the link to her podcast in the show notes, but go check it out. I think it really will make you smile. And she's got such a beautiful voice. She has quite the background, quite the story, and so does her mama. Go check it out. I think you'll enjoy. (laughs) This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. This week, I sit down with mama Jada Glover. She's a certified lactation counselor for pre- and postnatal moms and the mom of an adorable little boy. We talk about her journey and what led her to want to help other moms through their lactation journey. Her little boy is now two and she's still breastfeeding. She gives some great tips and insight into what moms can do before they give birth and even what women can do before they get pregnant in order to help with their lactation journey. I learned a whole bunch and I'm sure that you will as well. I hope you enjoy. Here's Jada. Welcome. I'm so excited to chat with Jada Glover. She is a mama of one, a little boy who is adorable. She is also a certified lactation counselor for pre and postnatal moms. And I'm so excited to hear your story. And then I also have a ton of questions. So I'm going to get right to it. What were some of the complications that arose from your own breastfeeding experience? When I had my son, I thought, well, prior to having my son, rather, I thought breastfeeding was going to come completely natural and, um, you know, read a few books, looked at a few forums online and just kind of um, didn't do as much education, I feel like I, that I should have. And that's what kind of led me on this path though. So it's all good. Anyway, um, the, he had severe oral restrictions in his mouth. He had an upper lip tie and then also a posterior tongue tie. And um, we saw a pediatric dentist and had those revised, but those were the main issues, which led to other issues. So he had adequate weight gain, but my nipples were in such pain. I was, you know, practicing all of the deep breathing techniques I could to, to just get through those uh, feedings. So the main issues that came up. And then I also read, and I think this is important just to touch on in case any other moms have experienced this, that you had polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, um, what is that? If you can explain it. And then how did you use diet and a healthy lifestyle to heal yourself from that? Sure. So it's a hormone imbalance that leads to cysts on ovaries in um, mothers and they can be severe. They can be not so severe, but you know, there's varying degrees, but sometimes it can lead to infertility issues. And so um, I, whenever I, you know, first found out, you know, through um, an OBGYN that I had PCOS, they did an ultrasound on my ovaries and blood work as well. And 
some of my hormones were elevated and um, especially testosterone and it was just kind of borderline. And so that's what led me down. Okay, how can I really fix this naturally? Because I don't want to um, I mean, I want to have kids obviously. And so how do I, how do I overcome this without having to take, you know, um, hormone balancers, you know, any sort of prescription medication. And so that's when I really sought the diet aspect and really figured out that, you know, what you put in your body and what you eat really dictates how you feel and, um, how your body functions and, you know, basically every cell in your body is impacted. And so I, I just cleaned up my diet. I went pretty much paleo at that time. And, um, to this day, I just try to reduce the amount or eliminate rather the amount of processed foods in my diet. And it's really just helped balance my hormones altogether. I got pregnant, obviously had my uh, son, it's just something that it's a lifestyle though. It's gotta be a choice. Yeah, you know, and really it's, it's a lifestyle change completely, but for the better, obviously lots more energy. You can, you know, sleep so much better, just lots mm-hmm. of benefits to it. It's so interesting. Cause I'm kind of experienced something similar where I, in order for me to have kids in the future, because I'm not yet a mama, a mama in training. So Mm -hmm. in order for me to have kids in the future, I need to get off of some medication that I'm on. Mm -hmm. And so I've been in the process starting since January of, um, well, I started going off my medication in January, but back in October, I started sort of the same healthy lifestyle and I eliminated gluten and um, dairy any processed foods and basically white sugar. So I only have like coconut sugar or stevia um, in hopes to do the similar thing, you know, make my body as strong as I can before and as I go off of this medication so that hopefully I don't have to go on another medication as I go off, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You'll see huge differences. And it's it's great that you're preparing your body now before you even get pregnant because your health has so much to do with the health of your baby, even in the womb. So that's yeah, great. Absolutely. Okay. So now I want to go back a little bit more and talk about all the fun stuff with you. So yeah. um, what was life like before you had your son? Well, how old is your son? First of all, he's two, a little over two. He's a little over two. Yeah. So what was life like before then? What did you have going on? You clearly weren't doing this work. So what, right. what did life look like? Yeah. So I worked in the private sector and the public sector for about 12 years. And then I switched to part-time once he was born. So um, I do the lactation support and consulting as well as uh, my part-time job in the public sector now. Um, But prior to that, I was in the marketing communications field. So um, supporting businesses, B2B marketing, basically. Um, and then switched over to the public sector doing the same kind of thing. And so life was different. I was married and, um, we did whatever we wanted, mm-hmm. whenever we wanted, uh-huh. <laughs> we didn't have another little person to yeah. be responsible for. It's so, so funny. So many people, when I ask this question, they're like, I said, what did life look like? And they were like, more time, <laughs> freedom <laughs> for yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although little, little ones are such a blessing, but oh, yeah, still. definitely. It's just a different kind of lifestyle. Exactly. That's so funny. And where are you joining us from? 
Florida, Central Florida, Leesburg. Oh, oh, okay. And so have you always been there? Well, Florida, yeah. So I was uh, raised in a small town called Okeechobee, um, just above the big lake in in Florida. And then I lived in Orlando whenever I was uh, working in the private sector. And then I moved um, a little north uh, west, about an hour uh, in, to Leesburg. And um, my husband is a chiropractor and he has a private practice here. And so that's what led me to this specific area. Awesome. And so what was your, pre- once you decided to then dive into motherhood, what was that pregnancy and and then birthing experience like for you? So I went to pregnancy um, wanting the most natural experience. And the first I experienced the nausea, you know, I mean, mm, you can't, difficult. <laughs> it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to get past that. But after like week 16, I was feeling really good. So I felt really good. In fact, I remember um, this very vividly. We went to, we live close to Disney, obviously. And um, we went to Disney Springs and I was walking around nine months pregnant, big old belly. And people were like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? Like, she's going to have a baby any second now. <laughs> the looks that I got were just yeah, so funny. Sure. Like, stop judging me. I'm just trying to get some exercise. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but but yeah, so staying active, walking, you know, really helped me and it's it's so important and doing like squats and things like that can really help in your delivery process and so I tried to do lots of those. I did hire a doula and it was the best investment ever. Mm. Um I did birth in a hospital, although this next time around I definitely want to go for a more natural, even more natural approach of birthing at home. And at that time we were in housing transition. And so we were actually building a house and it wasn't ready yet. And so it just wasn't good timing in that aspect. So to be able to do that at home to find a midwife and all that yeah. takes time, obviously. Um, but I so I birthed my little boy, but I unfortunately, so my water broke. I was eating a bowl of cereal and my dog was like in the way. And so I try, I was trying to straddle up and around him and pop. So, <laughs> so um, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. And so I was up eating, oh eating a bowl gosh. of cereal. And, um, and so then I took my time. I took a shower. I blow dry my hair. Like I'm going to, you know, feel good going into this. And so, um, I wasn't having any contractions though. So just my water broke and Mm -hmm. I did have my membrane sweeped at the OBGYN, but I wouldn't do that the next time around because again, I'm just going for a more, even more natural approach just to let my body and baby. But you know, a lot of times we get pressures from um, outside influencers, such as our doctors that can really make us feel like, you know, we need this baby to come out now, or we're going to induce you. And so you have to really be an advocate for yourself. And that's what I would encourage any mama to really educate, empower, you know, instill confidence in herself so that she can be her own advocate because no one else is going to do it for you. So of course, a supportive partner is instrumental as well. And so, um, you know, one of my appointments in the, in the last like week, you know, I left crying because I was just made to feel like, you know, something was going to happen to my baby if they didn't induce me, you know, at 41 Mm -hmm. weeks on the day. So anyway, um, so thankfully my water broke, I did have to have Pitocin, but I was determined other than that to have the most natural birth possible. And so I 
uh, did not have any pain medication and we got through it. So I arrived at the hospital, you know, that morning, probably around eight o'clock, they started the Pitocin around nine. And then my little boy was born around 4.30 in the afternoon. You know, hearing you say that makes me feel like I should change the name of my podcast to be an advocate or like advocate for yourself, mamas or something like that. Because literally almost every episode, I just interviewed somebody yesterday and she said the same exact thing. It's like, that's the biggest lesson that we have to take away from this whole motherhood journey from start to finish too, because it's even, you know, no matter what your choices are, when your kids are older with what they eat or where they go to school, or it's just, you know, stand up for yourself. This is my choice as a mom, you know, as my grandfather would say, like it or lump it, <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> you know, it's like, just, yeah. it's that's whatever funny. it is, but be an advocate for yourself is definitely, I think the biggest lesson. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you'll feel better too about that decision. You know, at the yeah. end, if you, if you feel like, you know, you did the best thing for your, for yourself, for your child, then, then everything's good. Of course. And so did your breastfeeding journey start right away? Was he able to, were you able to work on that process right away? And what did that look like? Yeah. So we were, he latched right away. Um, you know, a, a, a little bit of nipple pain at first is kind of, common because, you know, your breasts have never done this before and, um, they're getting used to it obviously, but you know, if there's, um, if they're misshapen, if they're cracked, if they're bleeding, anything like that, or if there's just extreme pain, even beyond that initial first few seconds, then it's always time to get additional, uh, support through, you know, lactation specialists. So that's what we did. Although it took me far longer than I would have uh, done. You know, if I had to do it over again, I would have gotten support a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I like to tell moms is don't wait because then the situation will just get worse because babies learn to latch. However, they're going to latch. They use those muscles and they build up those muscles and they're mouth. And so you want them to do it the right way because it's really hard to retrain them to use different muscles once, you know, they have an oral restriction fix or something like that. And that's what happened with my son. And even to this day, honestly, he still has a rather shallow latch because we weren't able to retrain as well. I think if, um, as if, you know, if we would have taken care of it sooner, instead of waiting, you know, several weeks to have his restrictions uh, fixed, then I think we could have um, had an even better experience. So that's part of why I got into this was to help other moms with, you know, similar issues and to encourage them to get the support that they need, the earlier, the better. And so is your son still breastfeeding? Yes. Yes. Can you just touch on this for a second? Because I think it's important for some moms to hear from somebody who is breastfeeding longer than quote unquote normal and what that looks like for you and and how it's benefited. Yeah, absolutely. So breast milk still provides amazing benefits over past the year. And it's actually biologically normal for humans and um, for the human species to breastfeed and not wean until they're two to seven years old. So the American Academy of Pediatrics suggests that babies are breastfed until a year, but the World Health Organization actually says two years and beyond. So it's important, I think, that we realize that outside of the U.S., breastfeeding rates and the ages of children still breastfeeding are far higher. And so 
if you want, if, you know, if you're happy with breastfeeding, then continue that journey. It's really up to the mom and the baby and what you feel comfortable doing, because a lot of moms feel tapped out after a year and they made it to a year and that was their goal. And that's awesome. If you want to go longer than that, that's amazing too, because breast milk continues to provide amazing benefits for the baby, growth benefits, and it's tailored. The wonderful thing is that your body tailors it for your baby specifically. So um, for for babies that are, you know, a year and older, it actually, you know, has more um, fat in it. And so they're able to get more energy from that. And so again, it's, it's just a great thing if you can continue it beyond and try to, you know, not listen to anyone else in your life or in your sphere that, you know, may be um, looking down upon you or, you know, just make sure you surround yourself with supportive moms that are supportive of you continuing your journey. You know, a lot of times they can, people can say, oh, you're still breastfeeding. Yes, I am still breastfeeding. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm, you know, that's what I want to (laughs) do. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) That's my choice. Thank you. So how did this journey into creating your company, which is called Lactation Mamas, Healthy Mamas for Healthy Babies. I love that that tagline. How did that come about? And how did you feel impassioned to do this? Yeah. So once we had the restrictions um, fixed in my son's mouth and our latch did improve drastically, it just wasn't perfect. Like I mentioned earlier, um, I started helping other moms just in our area that reached out to me like, okay, how did you, you know, get through this time? And I was just offering advice basically. And so kind of peer to peer mom support. And I realized I had such a passion for helping other moms do it and getting through those, you know, hard days so that they could continue their journey. And so I, um, you know, just research, you know, how can I further my education? Because of course I want to be sharing truth and I want to be Mm -hmm. sharing evidence-based information. And so that's when I, you know, found the lactation certification, um, schooling. And so I did that. I became certified and I was brainstorming regarding the business name. I was brainstorming with my husband and he's actually the one that came up with my business name. I will give him all the credit. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, and it stuck. And then I created the tagline. So, because again, I like to incorporate the natural health aspect into it too. So, um, and I'm in training now to become a certified health coach for pregnancy and postpartum mamas. So that is really Amazing. a passion of mine too. So I'm coupling the two together to be able to really support mom and her breastfeeding journey and also her own health because a healthy mother is so important to be able to best take care of your baby. Yeah. And so how do you mostly work with clients? I mean, of course, nowadays, I'm sure it's all online, but is it usually online? Do you meet with them one-on-one? Is it just people in Florida? How does that work? Yeah. So most of my clients are virtual. So I just set up a, it's a HIPAA compliant platform um, through Google G Suite. And so I set up appointments that way and we can meet similar to how we're chatting to be able to do a virtual consultation. We do rely on the parents to be very hands-on in the, in the consultations. 
and we can go through many different things um, from, you know, newborns, breastfeeding all the way through weaning. So whatever the, whatever the parent has concerns about, I can definitely guide in that. And then also for locally, sure. So before, of course, all of, um, you know, what's going on in the world today happened, mm-hmm. then certainly in, in home support as well, locally. What are some things that you recommend moms do before even giving birth or women who are thinking of getting pregnant even, you know, that time beforehand, what are some things that they can do to end up helping with lactation in the end? Yeah. So I would say even before you get pregnant, focus a lot on healthy eating, like we talked about earlier, as well as getting Um, you know, a good amount of exercise and try to reduce your stress as much as possible because that can affect your baby. And so during the pregnancy phase, I always encourage moms to get educated on breastfeeding and to understand what really they want to accomplish. What are their goals in the process? And, um, they can take an online course. They can meet with a lactation specialist. We offer, you know, one-on-one consultations. Usually you can go to a Liliche link meeting. A lot of times they, you know, encourage pregnant moms to come because you can see other moms breastfeeding. You can kind of get into that environment, meet with, you know, um, moms, you know, your age that are, you know, in similar experiences and really understand too what kind of pediatrician you want to be working with because that's super important. You really have to get a pro breastfeeding pediatrician in your corner because a lot of times, unfortunately, they want to suggest formula and supplementing, which there's a time and a place for it. And I totally am on board with that. But a lot of times it's just because it's an easy fix. And so you really want to make sure you're working with a pediatrician that will involve a lactation specialist to ensure that there's adequate milk transfer. You know, can we work on baby's latch so that baby gets more milk so that um, you can really continue and meet your breastfeeding goals? So again, I go back to advocating, empowerment, confidence, (laughs) instilling those things in yourself so that you can go into the experience. you know, the best way possible and get the best start possible. Yeah, I do just want to drop in. This made me think of it a little disclaimer to moms who might be listening that we're specifically talking today about lactation and breastfeeding. And if that works for you and that's easy for you and that's the choice that you decide to go down, then that's wonderful and amazing. And, you know, Jada's here to help you with that as many as well as many other people. But this is by no means, you know, encouraging, enforcing that this is the route that you have to take. If breastfeeding you find is not your journey, then 100% that's, I support that as the Pumping Podcast, and I'm sure Jada would as well. You know, whatever works for you. I know at the end of the day, like we learned the lesson, you know, be your own advocate. I think the other lesson is whatever works for you and whatever feels best in, in your core. And for some people, they just can't breastfeed or Mm -hmm. they just don't have it. It just doesn't work. And that by no means diminishes you as a mom or your abilities. But, um, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there in case anyone's listening and, and thinking that way. So what do you find are the biggest challenges with breastfeeding that you hear from different moms as well as lactation itself? And how can moms, avoid or prepare for them if at all possible? 
Yeah, sure. So breastfeeding is a big confidence game. I'm just going to throw this out there because it really is. Um, so a lot of times moms will think that they're not producing enough milk. So the biggest thing or the, the way that you can really overcome that thought is to really understand what you should be looking for when your baby's nursing and their demeanor. And how do you, how do your breasts feel after a feeding? Are they still hard or do they feel more soft now? And is your baby fretting at the breasts or does your baby just slide off the nipple because, you know, they've had a, um, you know, a, a productive feeding and they're asleep now. And so, of course, there's diaper count. We want to be looking for pale yellow urine in the diapers and adequate count, as well as um, uh, poopy diapers. And so all of these things can really help a mom better understand if she's getting adequate or she's giving adequate milk to her baby. So when moms think that they have a low supply, is it an actual concern or is it just a perceived concern because, you know, of whatever reason? So again, I go back to getting proper lactation support because we can really look for specific things and, you know, we can also do a weighted feeding, although that doesn't give us all the answers. It may help. And so there's different techniques and strategies to be able to alleviate some of those, those concerns that a mom may be, um, may be experiencing to help boost her confidence and so that she can really continue to meet her breastfeeding goals. I always wonder as a non-mom, how do you know how much the baby's getting? Like you don't, I mean, you can't, you, there's no way to measure that. So is it just based off of when they're done? and? they'll want more if they want more. Yeah. So we definitely want to watch for the baby's cues. There's different, different cues that a baby can, can, um, exhibit. And so that's something that I encourage moms to learn about in their pregnancy phase of their journey, just because, you know, we want to establish that connection right away and understand those as soon as the baby's born so that we can keep an eye on the baby. Um, to feed the baby as soon as they're experiencing those cues like hands to mouth, maybe licking their lips, that kind of thing. Because once they've gotten to the crying phase, it's really hard to get them to latch. And then they're sucking in more air because they're crying. And so I always recommend if a mom has missed a cue and they end up crying, then just put them skin to skin to get them to calm down some and then try mm -hmm. latching that way. A previous episode that I did, someone had mentioned about colostrum and trying to build up your colostrum before even giving birth. Would you recommend that? Is that something you encourage? So your body starts producing colostrum in the second trimester of pregnancy. And you, if you, if you're not at risk of preterm labor, then you can certainly in those last couple of weeks uh, prior to delivery. So I'm talking like week 38, 39, 40, then if you want to express your colostrum, you can, but you really don't have to. I mean, there's really no need um, unless you think that your baby may have to, you know, be a NICU or something like that. But again, if you're at that stage of your pregnancy, then chances, you know, are pretty low for that. Um, but what you can really learn, which is really helpful, and you may get colostrum 
you know, by doing this is learning how to hand express because if for any reason you're separated from your baby or you need to hand express for relief because you're feeling engorged, then I highly encourage moms learn how to do that late in pregnancy and practice on yourself. That way you're equipped again with knowing what to do in that moment because sometimes nurses get busy. Sometimes they aren't able to help us in the moment. And it's really helpful if we already know a technique to be able to help ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. What do you find are the biggest takeaways from working with clients and and getting them to have that successful latch and then, you know, have a successful lactation experience? Yeah. So I would say prenatal education is super important because you can really go into your experience empowered and knowing where to turn if you do need support once your baby is born and getting that support as soon as possible. And there's there's no timeline of support in terms of, you know, if your baby's three months old and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I waited too long. You know, I really should have gotten support, get support now because there's no, it's not, it's never too late to get support in your breastfeeding journey. So, and really connecting with other moms too, that are pro breastfeeding and that want to encourage you along that journey too, because it can really, um, sometimes it can really feel lonely because even if we have Mm -hmm. supportive partners, which is a huge, you know, asset in your breastfeeding journey, don't get me wrong because you really need that support in a, you know, whole team of support people. Um, but sometimes breastfeeding because, you know, other moms can relate because they're doing it too, can really be helpful. So I encourage moms to surround themselves with supportive mothers that are, um, you know, supportive of all journeys because everyone has a different breastfeeding journey, like you mentioned earlier, and there's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. Certainly there's techniques and skills that we can learn to have the, you know, a a good experience and the best experience possible, but everybody's journey is different in terms of how long they breastfeed. You know, do they do it this way? Do they just do one breast at a time in a feeding? Do they do both? You know, every mom and baby's different. So, Um, I always encourage moms to stay confident in their choices. And now that your son is still breastfeeding and he's past two, do you find that he comfort feeds? Does he ask for it? And do you allow it all the time? Or do you set the schedule? How does that work? Yeah, so he does comfort feed. At this age, it's mostly for comfort. If he's tired, if he's not feeling well, if he's teething, I think he has his two-year molars coming in. And so that's definitely um, interesting and can be a challenge. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I kind of just let him do it. But I will say that my husband and I are thinking about night weaning him because we are trying to have another baby. And so um, mm. I still haven't gotten my period back two plus years later. So I think it's time. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I would never want to wish, wow. you know, period upon anybody, but when you're trying to have another yeah, one, but still, yeah, I may be ovulating. I'm not really sure. Um, but <laughs> in either way, we are kind of ready at that point. Um, or, you know, now to do that. And, um, there's also books that are out there. If you do want to wean your toddler. There's one for night nursing specifically, and then also just for general weaning that it's a story. So, you know, you read it to your, to your toddler and. Oh, um, that's neat. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. Yep. So in terms of schedule, we're not really on any sort of schedule. He does still nurse at night though, which is, you know, probably why I haven't gotten my period back. So, um, 
So we just kind of, I just kind of go with the flow. I work, you know, most mornings and then the afternoons is more open, but I find, especially with toddlers that when they're really busy, they forget to nurse. And so, um, you know, at that point, it's usually just to go to sleep or, you know, whenever they wake up. And what about for you, as far as what do you get out of working with clients? What does it bring? Oh, it brings me so much joy. It's so rewarding. I love working with moms and helping them, you know, overcome challenges or helping them get through a hard day. Or um, I get questions all the time, you know, little questions. I'm always happy to support moms in those, especially if that means, you know, she'll keep going. And so um, I, I just am so supportive of moms and find so much joy in, in helping them through their breastfeeding and also helping to ensure that they feel happy in in that experience too, and that they're feeling healthy. And because, you know, I mentioned earlier that healthy mom is so important in this process. So first and foremost, we have to take care of our own health. And so, um, you know, helping her navigate through that too. And I know that that's hard to do, especially, you know, with a newborn in the house, you don't, you don't think about yourself, but in order for your baby to get the nutrients that it needs, the source has to be strong and healthy too. So it's a good, it's a good reminder for if we have any moms out there who are currently pumping or breastfeeding, make sure that you, you take care of yourself and don't just, you know, grab something quick because, you know, it's easy. Um, make sure that you're supplying your body with good, healthy foods. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always alternatives or healthier options that are still quick too. So I remember I lived off of cut up fruit. I feel like those first few weeks after my husband would go to the grocery store and that's just what I was craving. So it, it was healthy. Yeah. So, it worked. um, yeah, so it worked and you know, that's when your support system can really help you is, you know, even if it's not your partner, if it's, you know, your mom or, you know, whoever, your sister, whoever can, can help Prepping you. Yeah. That. in those first, uh, several weeks will really make a big impact, I think, so that you can you know, get a few minutes of rest here and there. Absolutely. Where can people find you if they want to learn more or work with yeah, you? Yeah. So I have an amazing group on Facebook community that I support moms in. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's called Lactation Mamas Community. And then also on uh, online, my website is lactationmamas.com. And so you can find all my services and um, I have a blog there too. So I do weekly blog posts there as well to help share um, information there too. That's wonderful. I love the idea of the Facebook group too, because it, it supplies a place that people can just throw in a quick question and get support. Am I normal? Is this normal? You know, those late night feedings instead of having to call someone up. So that's a wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And I monitor all of the posts and all of the, um, you know, comments just to make sure we're providing real, you know, accurate evidence-based information because a lot of times I think we can, um, kind of get bombarded with things and noise that don't really make sense. And so I just want to make sure that moms know the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll put all of those links in the show notes so people can find them there to easily access them. Um, So my last question that I have for you is less about lactation and more just about you personally as a mom. And that's what is something that you want to tell your little boy when he is 18? Oh, wow. Um, have faith in yourself and God, and you can accomplish anything 
you want to do in this world. I love that. <laughs> That's beautiful. This has been such a joy and lessons, so many lessons learned. And um, I think it's really wonderful what you're doing. Just, I think the fact too, that you're still breastfeeding is really, it would make me want to learn from you because you're still going through it as opposed to somebody who, you know, maybe just did it for a few months and now they learned, but you know, it, it's, it's really, I think it's honorable that way. And I would be drawn toward you, especially for that reason. So I oh, hope mamas you. go check you out and um, thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait. Maybe we'll have to have a secondary episode when you get a, get your second one on the way. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love like that. Too. Yeah, definitely. Even yeah. less time, right? <laughs> exactly. But still, you know, still being positive and healthy. Oh, yeah, so that's good. Well, thank you so much. This was such a blast. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much, Jessica. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms. And I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping. <laughs>